If you're into Dragon Ball Super, listen to Dragon Ball Super Dope. You're doing that. Nice job. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. If you rate and you subscribe, that'd be very cool, too. A little bit of a different episode today. Got a special guest joining us, finally. Uh, My friend, Stephanie, you may know her better as SS Goshen 4 on YouTube. Uh, She is one of the more uh, impressive collectors that I've seen in the Dragon Ball community for sure. Um, She's been doing figure reviews uh, on YouTube for, you know, over 10 years now. So uh, she was very early to the platform. Um, So we're going to get into that discussion with her in just a couple minutes. Uh, How she got into Dragon Ball, how she got into YouTube. And then we will also do a quick review uh, breakdown of episode 89 of the dub. That's where we fucking left off. That crazy Tian Shinhan dojo with a chick whose name, I, I was going to say sounds like urine, but her name is urine. Straight up. Just, it's piss. It's piss. So we're going to talk about pissy pants and uh, all that fun stuff in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we do have this Saturday night, um, February the 3rd. Is that the date on Saturday? I should probably check that out before I try to talk to you guys about dates and stuff like that. But you know me. I just like to fly off the cuff. Fuck. February 2nd. Saturday. February 2nd. Um, we are going to be having the Super Dope Super Bowl show. The second annual Super Dope Super Bowl show. Um, obviously, Saturday night is not the Super Bowl. But uh, we're hopeful maybe you'll have some time to jump on and watch the live stream with us. It should be... You know, fingers fucking crossed here, unless Carlton's got to go to the fucking gym at 9 o'clock at night and then go to the grocery store in the bank immediately afterwards. Should be me, Carlton, Vaping Mike, and Brandon. And we will be reviewing the survey results. Um, so if you have not had the opportunity to do our listener survey, check that shit out. There's links all over the place on the Facebook. I believe it's in the bio still of the Instagram. So you can go check that out. Um And if you do complete the survey and then you either leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook, I'll then drop a little something in the mail for you as as a token of appreciation. So if you haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, you've got until Saturday to do that. And Saturday night, we'll be going over some of those responses because, man, a lot of you responded. Um, And the people who did leave us the reviews as well, I've dropped things in the mail for you. Uh, A couple of you I've yet to drop in the mail just because... uh, you were a little later to the game, and we got to print out some new stuff for you. Um, but there's just some really fucking funny responses. Um, some of these are gold. So I cannot wait to make fun of my friends with all these awesome responses that you guys have given me. So if you want to make fun of Brandon or me or Mike or Carlton, use your big chance. Make sure you go fill out the survey. And again, if you want us to drop some shit in the mail for you, uh, go fill out a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook. Anyway, enough of my fucking babbling. Thank you for letting me get that shit off the top. Um, Yeah, that's it. Here's my interview uh, discussion uh, with Stephanie, uh, SS Goshen 4. How long have you been doing the podcast now? We started the podcast in... August of 2017. Wow. So that's it was, a while. 
it was right around uh, episode, I think our first episode that we recorded that I actually put on the internet was episode 102 of the sub. Okay, 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 got you. Wow. Yeah, I thought it wasn't that long, actually, that you've been doing it. I didn't know it was over a year now. <laughs> yeah, we, we're coming up on 100 episodes already. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, because I've heard of it, like, many times before, like, I really, like, talk to you. Um, cause I have a couple people that watch my videos that I think listen to your podcast. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, have, I have to ask before you and I, uh, got into, cause I, we, re, you and I originally had met through like some of the toy collector groups through Dragon Ball Z. Right. Um, you know, and I'd seen your, I obviously knew who you were already. And when I saw you in the toy groups, I was like, holy shit, there she is. Um, but what did you hear about super dope, uh, previous to you and me you know talking initially um well mainly from one one of my subscribers he's he was always telling me like you should be on the show you should be on the show like they talk funny shit about dragon ball <laughs> that's literally what he would say like it was just like you know that you guys just talk funny like about all the episodes and just bullshit you know so <laughs> that's all i know really i or i knew when he told me that that's good so. That's, that's, yeah. that's better than I expected. I mean, honestly, I'm a little paranoid and think that everybody in the online Dragon Ball content community kind of hates me a little bit. Really? Because I'm so obnoxious all the time. <laughs> really? Well, I never heard anything like that. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> I feel like, you know, if somebody were um, uh, to know, it might be you. So that makes yeah. me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things. So nothing, nothing negative. So you're good. <laughs> well, we are live now. I don't know if anyone has jumped in on our our little feed here. I just shared it out on um on the YouTube on the Facebook and the Twitter rather. Um, cool. So if you're able to share it, dope. Um, we'll see if anyone hops in. But really, the goal of you know our conversation today, um, we'll see if we can squeeze eighty nine in. I know that you've got some family in town, and that uh, you know you do have some some family obligations. So yeah, I'll try not to, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to to talk your ear off for too long. But you know, for my own edification, and you know, for the audience, in case you guys don't know who I'm talking to today, uh, we're talking with SS Goshen Four, um, very mm. successful YouTuber in the collector community. Uh, over 60,000 subscribers, um, one of the most impressive Dragon Ball collections I've ever seen. And uh, I did see a good chunk yesterday when you posted that 360 picture of your bedroom and your huge collection, which was really cool to see. Yeah, I, that was a really cool um, like a panorama thing that I did because people were telling me, you should do it, you should do it. And I finally got to doing it with my new phone. And yeah, people were like amazed at what I had all in one room. <laughs> Seriously, like I, I'm sitting in a rotating chair. So last night when I saw that photo, I like sat in my chair and literally just went around and like zoomed in on the shelves and looking at some of these really cool figures that you've got. Cause I've always been a sucker for uh, the super battle collection stuff from the nineties. Like that's what I grew up on. And that was the, the original figures that I really yearned for, but you have all of those. And then every other series or figure or line seemingly at least imaginable it's ridiculous how, how did you get into collecting in the first place um okay so collecting first it started off when i was like a little kid you know i loved dragon ball ever since i was five and my parents used to buy me like all the figures all the newest figures and everything i used to get them for christmas and 
um actually at first i would get like a lot of bootlegs because they did not know the difference between a like an, a real figure and a bootleg so they so, accidentally buy you bootlegs yes exactly and i was like five six i didn't know the difference either at the time so <laughs> i was just happy to get <laughs> figures like there were bootlegs off of the super battle collection so yeah they I, were really funny looking actually I remember, I remember when i was a kid i used to see bootlegs off the sbcs at like flea markets locally here in new england and wow. would think to myself like you know fuck those figures i could go to kb toys and get you know the real one for i think at that point it was like 7.99 you know i'm oh. talking like 1998 1999 or something like that and I could just go to KB Toys, get the real one. Why would I ever want this bootleg garbage? But I see what some of those bootlegs go for in some of these collection groups that we're in. And it's it's ridiculous how much money they'll go for at times. I know. I like it. It's actually amazing because I didn't even know that. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have known that like being what, maybe six, seven years old, that it would be worth something eventually. Like, you know. So tell me that you held on to all the stuff that you started collecting back when you were five or six, seven. Uh, if I have held on to them? Yeah, you didn't have to start from new when you became an adult, right? Okay, okay. So what happened was, yeah, so I, I would get the figures and I used to like, yeah, I used to love the Dragon Ball toys. I used to make my own stories with the characters. I actually used to do Powerpuff Girls and Dragon Ball. I used That's to do... That's <laughs> so funny because I, I really loved Powerpuff Girls too at the time. So I used to do like some crossover stories. <laughs> and um, then, you know, I would just play with the, the figures like i would like break them and stuff like that like they would be battle damage when they would have like paint marks it'd be battle damage <laughs> yeah and then i guess when i was like 11 or 12 i went to toys r us and there was a two-pack i think it was like gohan and raditz and like i looked at it and i was like this is really really cool i don't know if i want to open it and that was like the first thing that got me started to actually collecting was Ooh. You know, looking at one figure and looking at how nice the figure was and me not wanting to open it, I like was appreciating it from the box. Wow. So, um, yeah, so all my figures from my childhood, I don't have any more. Those are I actually ended up selling them. I kind of regret that now. I sold them when I was like probably 16 and I was kind of like, eh, I don't need these like like butchered like figures anymore. But I yeah. kind of regret them now because it'd be nice to like just have them and look at like what I used to play with when I was little. But I mean, I ended up getting all those figures that were like messed up over again you know i end up rebuying them because um they were in horrible condition so <laughs> i have like really good condition ones now so that's pretty much how i started collecting in the first place so so you got back into collecting and you got into it a little bit more seriously so uh, i mean 60,000 or 60 64,000 subscribers on youtube yeah, it's now. almost 65 i think i'm like 200 short from 65 now ridiculous and actually i did want to ask you about this so on your Facebook page, it says SS Goshen 4. Right. Uh, in your video intros, I noticed that you got Chris Sabat to do the intro in his Vegeta voice, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. <laughs> but, but he drops the J in there for the Saiyajin. Um, so is it SSJ Goshen 4 or SS Goshen 4? So, uh, so that way people will be able to find you on YouTube. Okay, so a lot of people ask me that question, actually. Um, here's the story behind that. So originally, I've had that name, SS Goshen 4, since I was like probably 10. Uh -huh. And um, I found it actually, or I decided to use that name was because I saw a character, a Dragon Ball AF character that had that name, Goshen. And I was like, that's a cool name. I love the way that sounds. And then I just took uh, Goshen. 
And then Super Saiyan 4, I used that because that was like the highest level of Super Saiyan at that time. Hell yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to do that. That looks that's awesome. So I started using that. And then um I had a YouTube channel which was SS Goshen 4. And then around 2009, I got my channel taken down because of um copyright oh. issues. Wait and a minute, who flagged your content? I don't know. I don't know, but I was devastated. <laughs> I remember being so sad because I had like around a thousand subscribers, I think, at that time. So uh. I was so sad. Yeah. So then I had to make a new one and I just added the J. So that's why it's I have both. And even when I introduce myself, I still say SS Goshen. I don't say J. It's like, you know, that's the story behind it. It's kind of like I say that because I have like a throwback to like my original name. You know what I mean? So for sure. Um, so the J is, was like almost like your backup YouTube account when you had to, you know, kind of restart your following there. Pretty Um, much. Yeah. No, the reason I ask is because when I was a kid and I had an aim screen name, uh, most of my aim screen names started with SSJ four. Um, but like over the years, the more that I've learned about it, it's like the gin, the J uh it's not really necessary i guess even like if you are a sub snob which i would consider myself to be um so i kind of wanted to get the inside scoop on that from you just because um it's been something i've been asking myself about like automatically when i talk about super saiyan i'm I'm inclined to say ssj one two three but i know that the j isn't necessary so i just feel like (laughs) but you know like like for the japanese you know like people say the j they say a jin so I mean, it's cool. I like the way it sounds with a J, to be honest. But <laughs> so it's safe to say then that the collecting of the figures and your merchandise stuff that preceded your YouTube stuff, and then you decided to take your passion for collecting and turn it into a YouTube channel. Exactly. Yeah. Like pretty much how I got inspired from to do um, figure reviews in the first place, because that's what my channel started off as—just figure reviews. Um, mm-hmm. When I was one time, I was looking at YouTube stuff. Like, I don't know if it was, I think it had to be figure related. And I stumbled upon this one YouTuber called eBay Figure Reviews. I don't think he does videos anymore. Um, But I saw him doing reviews of figures and I was like, wow, like, this is pretty cool. I could do the same thing because I have so many. So he was my inspiration, actually. And then from there, I started doing a bunch of reviews with whatever I had and I did not think it was going to take me anywhere. I was just just wanted to show off my collection and stuff. And then, like, you know, it just took off from there. I I would have never thought that ever in a million years, actually. Well, that actually is kind of a perfect segue to my next question for you is, especially in 2019 now, um, everybody is trying to hop on that YouTube or, you know, just basically Dragon Ball content creation in some iteration. Um, you were here and during that dormant period of Dragon Ball, you know, between right. 97 and 2013, you know, outside of a couple one-shot things, there really wasn't anything new made for Dragon Ball, but you started your first channel in, you know, 2009. Um, so you were very early to the YouTube train. And like you said, you didn't expect anything to come of it, but what do you think made you stand out amongst the crowd at that point in time? Like, what do you think made your YouTube uh, channel successful? Honestly, I think a big part of it has to do that I am a girl and I am a big Dragon Ball fan and collector. And for some people, that was like a rare thing. Like they were like, wow, a girl that's so passionate about Dragon Ball. Sweaty fanboys are uh, heavy panting everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true, though. Like, I really think that helped me a lot. Like, 
people saw that they were like wow she has so much stuff she's a girl too like wow that's so rare <laughs> it was rare at the time i feel like now a lot of i feel like i see a lot more dragon ball fans that are female now i i feel like i don't know i don't know why but i've been noticing I it i don't think that you're wrong i think um i mean and we've talked about her on the show before when there was some you know some mean things said about her on the internet but super mecha frieza is you know very often um accused of not being like a real dragon ball fan because she's a really pretty girl really um, i never even knew that i never um, heard of that for sure she's gotten a ton of hate on twitter over the last year and i'm sure wow. that she does on a fairly consistent basis but it's like hey guys it's okay for an attractive woman to like dragon ball we swear and i honestly and i you know hope that we continue to see more people or excuse me more women um you know start to openly be fans and talk about dragon ball and these kind of conversations because tournament of power you know had a lot of ups and downs but i think one of the ups for sure was cauliflower I, not really Kale, but I guess by extension Kale. But I, I loved Cauliflower. I loved Kefla and a female Super Saiyan for the first time. Um, it, you know, it took us 21 years to see. You know, we all thought Pan would be that first one to do it back in 97. But no. <laughs> they did her dirty for that one. <laughs> they really did. Like <laughs> They did. I was so, like, disappointed because, you know, I love Pan, so... <laughs> oh, that that was my last question that I wanted to make sure that I got in for you. Is Pan your favorite Dragon Ball character ever or uh Goku is number one. I love Goku so much. Like I have him tattooed on me. That's how much I love him. Oh, that's <laughs> so you have at least one Dragon Ball tattoo anymore or I have two. The first one I ever got was a rose with um the four star ball budding out of it. Dope. And uh connected to it, it's like a back piece. I have Super Saiyan Goku. So um yeah, like I love I love Goku, especially in Super Saiyan form, because to be honest, that moment when he first turned Super Saiyan was like incredible to me as like, you know, a little kid. So So I'm not sure. I'm twenty nine. If you don't mind my asking, how old are you? I'm twenty six right now. Twenty six. So you're a couple years younger than I am. What was your first like how did you first experience Dragon Ball? Was it through the tsunami dubs and uh, that the late nineties Bach or what? Uh, I would say so, I think, because I was really young, so I don't remember exactly which kind of block it was. I think it was Tsunami, though, but yep. my older sister was watching it, and um, I guess I was in the room while she was watching it, and I, I remember the first episode I ever saw was when uh, Yamcha got killed by the Cybermen, oh. and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I was like five or something like that, and I was like, what? This is so cool, and for some reason, I called Yamcha Lamb Chop. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, lamb chop? What? Because <laughs> dude just got roasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? But that was the first episode I ever saw. And like, I don't know, I was hooked from there. Like, I, you know, ever since I can remember, like, I've been a Dragon Ball fan, really. Like, I I drew, like, all the, I, I tried to draw all the characters at that time. And like, I had my own fan fiction and everything. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. We yeah. really all did do that same kind of nerdy shit when we first discovered Dragon Ball. Yeah. And yeah, like, I, know. I, I know that we have some younger fans who listen to the show, but I, I feel like those younger fans don't fully appreciate all of the um, time and energy that we used to allocate to waiting for Dragon Ball and how a lot of, and that's because, you know, subs or um you know dubs were you know say 10 years behind where they were airing in japan if you had fan subs you know typically it was 
a good turnaround time would be 12 to 24 months, you know, a year or two, you'd have subs of stuff that was in Japan here in the States finally. So it wasn't very easy to get this stuff. And when you did, you enjoyed the hell out of it. You watched it multiple times and you kind of like made up your own fan fiction. You drew a lot of things from the comic books. You researched the hell out of it when the internet first started becoming more popular. Um, Mm -hmm. Kids, so true. kids these days take for granted how accessible Dragon Ball is. And I just feel like it's my mission as the crotchety old man in the community to make sure they never forget where we came from. No, yeah, I know. Because I remember when they were still trying to dub some episodes and they would just rerun over and over and over on Toonami. That two-year hell where it would get to that certain part of the Frieza saga and then it'd go right back to the Saiyan saga. Yeah, like that's why my older sister stopped watching Dragon Ball, to be honest. Like it was... Right before um, they were going to show Cell, I think. And they just kept repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And she was like, I give up. <laughs> so I was like, damn. But I, I remember I when they when they initially got past that hump of, of just that two-year rerun, um, they finally started releasing VHS tapes for like 25 bucks a pop. It was two to three episodes of VHS tape. And it was the Trunks saga when Trunks first comes back and slices Mecha Frieza in half. And, you know, not long after the Android saga started airing on Tsunami, at or around the same time, my father's best friend uh, was back and forth between he in Massachusetts and New York a lot. So he would go to New York and get a, a duffel bag full of like bootleg VHS fan subs and come back to Massachusetts and we'd, you know, watch them all in a week, you know, hun- wow. hundred episodes or something. <laughs> That's so cool. I see. I never really watched the, f- um, the, f- the subs or anything like that when I was younger because i remember i i remember when gt was such a like it seemed like almost like i don't know like that series that you want to watch so bad because everybody would talk about it but it wasn't like out yet i remember that where it was like like oh my god what is gt you know what i mean i would see pictures and like i always wanted to watch it but we never got it so i remember telling my mom to get me some of the the subs like those horrible quality ones oh yeah yeah, I would tell her, I'm like, please, I want that for Christmas. And she would not get them for me because the people over the counter were like, they suck. So, like, the quality. Really? So I was like, oh, I used to be so sad. But then, like, when they finally came out here, like, I used to pre-order every single one. I'm actually someone who does not hate GT, surprisingly. People hate it, but I do not hate it. I appreciate it for what it is. And so. As we should. I mean, GT, I think, left a lot of things on the table that could have been really fun. but. Right. I think, um, you know, the first first two episodes are, you know, whatever. And then you've got them running around the universe and that weird, like, uh, trio that is semi-organized or, like, modeled after the first, you know, Dragon Ball trio and mm-hmm. Goku, Vegeta, uh, excuse me, Goku, Boma and Yamcha. And then now it's Goku, Pan and Trunks and Giru. I, I feel like, I feel like GT could have been something a lot more. Uh, yeah, for sure. But, there was definitely some highlights and some high points. I I love GT personally. When I was in the sixth grade, my dad ordered a complete set of the Dragon Ball GT fan subs off of eBay from some dude in Hong Kong, wow. and uh, it probably came on like I don't know fourteen or fifteen VHS tapes, you know, four episodes each, and uh, all but two of the tapes in the set were subtitled, and the two tapes were. The first one was the end of the baby saga. So like whatever, like episodes 28 to 32, somewhere in there. 
and then episode 60 to 64. So I watched I watched the last episode of GT like a million times trying to understand like, <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> Damn, that's that's frustrating as hell. Like that is <laughs> it really was and like internet Especially like that ending for GT and not knowing what they're saying. Like that's you. yeah. Especially when it's like, you know, a hundred years forward in the future. I'm like, what the fuck? Is this some kind of Buddhist shit? Are they like reincarnated as these little kids now and they have to relive their lives this way? But no, that's obviously old lady pan. So what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> I, I had no idea what was going on, but um, that still was probably the best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, that's really see. I would get like GT figures and not know who the heck it was, like because they used to like come out or like the Super Battle Collections. I would see them at the mall, would get the figures and not know who the hell Baby is, not know who the hell this character is, and even with um. I remember when they would have like Great Sandman and we weren't at that part yet. I'm like, who the heck is this? Who Who is is this this? clown? I thought it was, I swear I thought it was TN with like a freaking bandana on his head. That actually kind of makes sense. And given that we never had any good TN figures in the SBC line, not until like the Irwin Jack stuff started coming out, did we get a TN figure? I could see how Sandman could be TN. (laughs) Because like I had a bootleg, right? I had a bootleg of that figure. And for some reason, in like the middle, of his bandana was like a black circle and i'm like maybe they forgot the color in like the eye i oh, thought it was shit man it's like you really used to so where did you used to go scoop up all your toys when you were younger you know because obviously again this stuff wasn't at hot topic all over the goddamn place fye wherever the hell you might purchase your dragon ball uh memorabilia now it was not like that back in the day. You had to go to like specialty stores or like sunset freaking video. <laughs> yeah, like I remember that. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, We're I, used to, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I we used to go to um, Toys R Us, obviously, because they would have the like Irwin toys, yep. and then um, we would go to KB Toys. Um, both of those places are now gone, which is sad. But yeah, um, I grew up down the street from a KB Toys at my dad's house. I loved that place. Yeah, like I really loved KB. I loved I loved it more than Toys R Us, to be honest. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I remember all like I, I all the Dragon Ball figures that were there in the '90s, and then they had like a lot of the very cool like Marvel and the X. I was very heavy into the X Men at that point in my life too. So they yeah. had all the best X Men figures. That was like dream world for me when I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, they had a lot of like like different kind of things than what Toys R Us had. And then um, I would also go to like the malls. Sometimes the malls would have like those specialty like anime shops. So that's where I would go to get like Sewer Battle Collection. There was one particular store that had all of them. And I used to go there to get them. Um, They were like $25 each at that time. So yeah, that was one. Um, And I think my parents used to order some stuff online too for me. Cool. So and that's you, how we get them, really. You grew up in, so you live in Florida now, right? Mm-hmm. Is that where you grew up to, or? Uh, I'm from Jersey originally. I was born in Jersey, um, but I moved to Florida when I was like three and a half. So I've been here my whole life. But um, I have been to New England, which is funny. <laughs> oh, cool. Where have you been in New England? Uh, I went to the Six Flags there. <laughs> oh, word. I'm like uh, I'm about an hour south of that. Yeah, I've been there many, many times. I love that Six Flags. <laughs> I'm surprised you've never been to like, uh, you know, Anime Boston or anything. I mean, Anime Boston, I think it's only the second year. But I mean, there have been a couple of like, you know, Comic-Cons up in Boston, Rhode Island in the last five or six years. You, why the hell haven't you come to visit us up here? Um, because I usually go to cons in that area when I'm 
in Jersey visiting my family. So, which is around summertime. So I have been to Otacon. I don't know if you've heard of Otacon. I don't think so, no. Um, that one's used to be in Baltimore, but they moved to DC. Okay. So um, that's a good one. I Every time I th- I'm there, I have a really good time. And then um, I've been to Anime Next, which is in Jersey. I've been to um, uh, Kineticon, which is in Connecticut. Nope. Um, a couple other ones, I feel like, but never Boston. But people keep telling me to go to Anime Boston, so maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, we applied for press passes this year. Um, oh, haven't, cool. heard, haven't heard back yet, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do a panel or anything at Anime Boston in case Anime Boston is listening. I... Uh, <laughs> Just trying to go and like take in the sights, you know. It's in April, so I'm hopeful yeah. that it'll be right around the time that Dragon Ball Super relaunches. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so, that'd be awesome. <laughs> did you hear that piece of news that came out the other day that Toei was down in Miami shopping the licensing rights for you know whatever merchandising that's going to come up with the new Super Series in Miami? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. So I believe it's called the N.A. and a bunch of people have done the story already, but I believe it's the N.A.P.T.E. So basically, uh, and I, I, of course, I don't have it up in front of me, so I don't know what the hell it is offhand. But um, more or less, it's a television expo where, um, you know, owners of specific and in, intellectual properties will go and say, hey, um, you know, you make toys, you make action figures, you know, we have this series that's coming out, or we have the series ongoing, we're selling the rights to be able to merchandise. Toei was in Miami for this event last week. So hmm. they did they did tell that these they did tell these people who's, you know, they're they're shopping the licensing rights to um that super episodes are in production. And everybody on the internet um, did kind of blow up a little bit. But when pressed for comment, Toei basically just said, uh, yeah, we don't have anything to say right now. (laughs) That that sounds like something they would say. (laughs) 100%. They're very, very, like, private, like, discreet about what they're doing. So, (laughs) I mean, there's there's always been a certain level of discreetness to what they've done. But, like, with this, it's pretty blatant. They could have had it coincide with an announcement. I'm convinced that I think the last major country to get the Broly movie, I think, is I, I honestly I don't know the country, but I know that it's on or around March 13th. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful okay. that we'll get some kind of official announcement that at least at that point in time that uh, and, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, that March 13th screening and again, whatever country it is. And I'm sorry if it's your particular country. I don't mean to disrespect, <laughs> but um whichever country it is that was actually kind of a late addition to the original plannings for the screening so originally i had imagined the last week of january the beginning of february that they might make some sort of formal announcement seeing as we didn't get anything at jump festa in december very disappointing Um, so did you like try to watch the stream for that at all because i certainly did like i planned my whole day around watching that i didn't i did i'm like i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna see what they have like i watched geekdom's video on it so so he told me what was going on and he was like nothing there is nothing yeah so i i couldn't wait i couldn't wait for danny to put out a video so i decided that um i needed to try to track down the stream myself and watch it live raw with you know no subtitles i don't speak a lick of japanese at fucking all (laughs) but i'm like if some kind of promo art drops for a new dragon ball series i'm gonna see it live on the internet and i'm gonna do a cartwheel in my bedroom so i thought i had the right stream but it turns out that it was just 
a Super Dragon Ball Hero stream with like these four like early 20 something Japanese kids like dressed up in you know just Dragon Ball cosplay. Oh, yeah. What? It was bizarre. And again, there was no subtitles, so I don't know really know what the hell these kids were talking about, except every once in a while they yelled Super Dragon Ball Heroes, and I was like, yeah, Super Dragon Ball Heroes. That's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, speaking of Japan, actually, I was going to say about figures. I went to Japan this past summer, right? That's right. You went out and visited uh, Jeremy, uh, otherwise known as a Tokyo toy bastard, right? Yeah, he's awesome. Like, he's cool. super cool. Yeah, like... um he actually messaged me um uh, on my goshen page on facebook and he was trying to reach out to me i but i forgot what we were talking about originally to be honest with you but he was like yeah i watch his stuff and then from there we became friends and now i help admin the vintage collectors page and um yeah so i met him out there and he showed me around of like the best places to go for collecting or like buying figures and what a big i did not know how affordable the figures are like if you're buying it directly from japan it's crazy define affordable okay so let's say um the i don't know like a s cultures figure right um here you would probably pay i don't know at least at least 25 dollars, maybe more for one and over there i saw them all for like 12 bucks like it was wow. so cheap i'm like that's half the price I was like, what? And I saw some vintage stuff too for like 12 bucks. I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so crazy. I was like in heaven, literally. I wish I could have bought like everything, but like I had to buy an extra suitcase actually to take everything with me. I was going <laughs> to say, tell me you brought at least one or two extra suitcases. Yeah, I had to buy an extra one for sure. Like it was, it was really awesome. Like to just see all these like figures out on in the stores like it was it was insane because when you go um to like the anime dis district over there um akihabara like it's all just anime dragon ball stuff too all over the place and it's just like wow you do not see this here like in the states at all like you have to go to like a comic shop or something you know what i mean oh but my god that sounds was, like heaven on earth it, it was it was it was so crazy like every like little store had at least one dragon ball thing it was it was so cool. It was really like I felt like it was I was in a different like world. I'm serious. Like to uh, be honest, I think about Japan like almost every day. Like ever how long? Did, how long did you go? Uh, like ten days. It was ten days. So was it enough time or not enough time? Uh, I wish I was there for at least fourteen days. Yeah, full yeah. two week stay is going to be necessary to try to absorb everything else. Anything else that was uh, pretty cool about Japan outside of the Dragon Ball and the collecting stuff? Um. I think, I mean, just their culture, everything about that, like, it, it's so different over there. Everyone's so polite. Like, they're just, they're always uh, willing to help you out. They're very giving. And I, I just, I noticed that for sure. Like, I went to visit um, Uchida-san, which is, he's an amazing collector in Japan. Like, he has... Toshi Uchida, we've, we've talked yeah. about him on the show before. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, his... Goku and Dragon Ball collection in, in general. Is yeah, just, that wow. Goku. That, that Goku with the Yardra outfit on. Yeah, um, that was we, insane to see that. <laughs> that's why we talked about it before, because it's such a ridiculous figure that I remember when I first started seeing his stuff in the groups, I was like, wait a minute, this is that guy who has that figure that 
you know, is supposedly, you know, more rare than anything in God's green earth, except for his one copy of it. It's ridiculous. I know. Like, and I've talked about it before in my videos and like to actually meet him and see it in person was insane. Like I was like, I cannot believe I'm seeing this figure right now. Like, <laughs> so yeah, he, he was so cool too. Very nice. Like so welcoming. Like I just loved it. I loved it while I was over there. He's actually going to be at KameaCon. So that's going to be great. So are you going to KameaCon just as an attendee this year? Or are you going to be there as a uh, content creator? Oh, I'm, they already announced me on their page. So definitely oh, content creator. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's my bad. Um, and then um, I'm doing a panel as well. So. Oh, cool. What's the panel going to be? Mostly about collecting and stuff? or? Uh, I did that last year. So I'm going to do a little, a little different. I'm going to do like really bizarre Dragon Ball items, things in general. It's just going to be like a funny panel. I'm going to show like from figures to commercials to like things that are just weird like in dragon ball so that'll yeah. be a lot of fun i'm kind of uh on the fence about going at this point but um i had talked to them about doing a live episode of super dope there but i don't know what happened <laughs> oh, uh... I, think, I think maybe they listened to the show and decided i was an obnoxious prick so what? no <laughs> no <laughs> it's possible they're, um, they're super cool like um yeah last year was great i mean if you can you should definitely go it's it's worth it <laughs> yeah so actually one of my one of my best friends actually just so happened to move to texas in the last few months so um if i do go he lives within you know a half hour of irving so uh that kind of makes my decision a little bit easier i I'm, I'm hopeful to be there but uh we'll see uh if if i am there i'll be sure to catch your fucking panel because that sounds like it'll be a really fun time yeah, like I'm, I have to look at, look for a bunch of like bizarre stuff. I have a couple already in mind, but um, there's a lot of weird commercials and stuff. There's a lot of like hilarious bootlegs, so I can put that in there. It's gonna be fun. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be. be fun. I think it's gonna be over an hour too. So. Shit. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. They're not. They're not skimping with the content creator stage this year. I know. Last year we got 45 minutes, so I'm happy like to have a little bit longer this time. So, yeah. Very it's be good. Cool. All right. So um, quick housekeeping items, super dope listeners, um, several and by several, I mean a bunch, uh, a bunch of you reached out uh, through the survey that we recently put out um, and let us know that sometimes when we don't do an episode review, for some reason, it makes you kind of sad, which I, I guess is kind of flattering. But at the same time, come on, dude, we got a cool person like Stephanie on the show. We want to make sure that we're able to talk with her. However, I've got kind of a um what's the word i'm looking for a compromise i've got a compromise for you me and stephanie are going to race through a uh, quick synopsis of episode 89 uh that i've got here um for those of you who don't remember episode 89 uh we are right in the middle of the tournament of power recruitment arc for the dub um we did episode 89 uh excuse me episode 88 i just said 89 we did episode 88 a few weeks back uh, probably just before christmas and that's when we discovered our favorite um dragon ball super background music song which is limit break x survivor but done in a cool island tune fashion so now that you're all caught up in where we are with the dub episode 89 an unknown beauty appears detention style dojo's mystery Okay. Uh, all right, Stephanie, you ready for this? Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. 
Goku flies to Master Roshi's island, where Oolong informs him that Tian and Chiaotzu have started a martial arts dojo. Master Roshi is headed there to act as a special instructor, because, you know, he's the man. Goku decides to make Tien the 10th member of the team. He heads off to recruit Tien and Master Roshi. At Tien's dojo, a woman named Yurin, which is, by the way, is oh the worst name ever. <laughs> a woman named Yurin with a grudge against Tien arrives and requests to join the dojo. Although Tien denies her because her motivation of beauty was unfit for his dojo, Master Roshi drags Yurin off to ogle her. Okay, stop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Off to ogle her. Now, ogle is kind of like an open-ended verb. What do you think ogle means, Stephanie? He's he's trying to freaking a little bit more than admire her oh. beauty. I would say <laughs> he's he's uh he's looking with a lot more than just his eyes. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. He's looking her looking at her every sort of way. I would say. <laughs> uh, Goku arrives and asks Tien to join the tournament of power. Uh, after Goku bribes him with 10 million zenny, Tien refuses to join the Tournament of Power. Uh, Yurin escapes Master Roshi's advances, advances excuse me, and uses witchcraft to drive Tien's students on a rampage throughout town. Okay, so you and I talked before we hit the record button here. You, you and I both haven't watched this episode since it originally aired with the sub. Right. Hell, at this point. It was a while ago. I don't even remember when it was. <laughs> Shit. I mean, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess at least a year and a half ago. Yeah. So a year and a half ago, that's been how long since we've watched it. Did you remember um, how many students Tian Shinhan had? Because I, I don't think I did. He had a lot. No, I, I don't even remember. Like it it was it was a lot and like i in my brain i remember thinking this and this is why i brought up the the time that we originally watched it um i i, I thought about like tian shinan as a teacher okay he's got a bunch of disciples who are all bald wearing like a very similar getup to him and if they're being trained by tian they're probably not complete you know slouches they probably have got you know some potential in terms of martial arts ability oh, yeah of course However, <laughs> a lady named Urin then puts a, a bunch of, um, you know, talismans on them to possess them and have them run amok all over a town and basically knock the whole fucking thing down. Goku and Tien are going to have a hard time with these normal humans who have like a month or two of training under Tien Shinhan who were possessed by some kind of demon thing. Like the whole premise of this episode has always sort of bothered me. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's it's a bit strange, isn't it? Although, I guess if I had to say what the positive thing of for it is, is uh, it does lean a little bit more on some of the things that I loved about the first Dragon Ball series. Um, now, you guys know Dragon Ball series. The first Dragon Ball series is probably my favorite one. Of all the series, Stephanie, what would you say is your favorite? Uh, to be honest, I really love Dragon Ball and Z. Those are my – they're both so good, and they're both so different in their own ways, so – I would say them both. Okay. And that's that, that's my one and two as well. Um, I think I like one or the first series more just because it's a lot more, you know, comedy driven. And oh, yeah. I that's like to get, yeah, I like <laughs> to get stoned and laugh, you know? So uh, Dragon Ball Z gets, you know, pretty heavy, pretty serious for, you know, the first three quarters of it. The Boo arc things sort of started lighting up with a, a character like Boo and Goten and Trunks becoming prominent features in that arc. But, yeah, I agree on that for sure. I think one thing that 
I guess I liked about this episode was that I got to see Tian Shin Han and Roshi go at it, even though it's a, a possessed Roshi. Um, I got to see Tian Shin Han bust out the forearms technique, which we haven't seen since what the 22nd, 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. <laughs> I know, and I love that move. It's so, like, it's really cool. I love it. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, some of the moves when Tian Shin Han first came in as a character, I feel like they never even bothered to try to you know have them use them again until you know a fan servicey kind of episode like you know the one that we watched today was i know and i mean i think tian is such a cool character too and i like his design like i don't know i think he's just cool like so it was nice to see him like in that episode again like a whole episode just for him pretty much because i like that it was cool so speaking of fan service and his design in general my favorite part of this episode is right after you're in you know, basically what happens is she falls over. Master Roshi gets a shot of like her upskirt and sees her underwear <laughs> and then he passes out. So she pops a little talisman on his forehead and he becomes demon possessed Master Roshi. And then he bulks up into his crazy muscle Roshi form and he decides that him and, you know, he's going to go with Tianchen on. So Tianchen Han looks at him and he's like, oh, yeah, you want to get, you know, you want to show off your muscles or whatever. I forget what the line was and <laughs> the, the dub. And he takes off his like fucking his cloak shirt thing that he's got on that blue and tan thing. And you just remember like Tianchen Han is hands down the thickest motherfucker in the Z warriors bar <laughs> none. <laughs> and he's about to have a muscle off with master Roshi. Like this, this is what Dragon Ball is all about. All the fan service all at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like that's true though like i didn't even really notice that until you said that that he's like he's he's pretty big like actually I think, I think for sure he's probably the most um and this is gonna make me sound a little bit homosexual but i don't give a shit i mean he's like the most defined tone member of the z warriors you know what i mean right um, right and you know i think rightfully so because every time you see tian shin han whether it's on the periphery or whatever he's usually either in the middle of or just getting done with having trained by himself or with chao Zhu or like stood underneath a waterfall for like the last six months like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's like, so funny like as you're saying this i'm like looking at my tian figure like <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like right across me i'm like <laughs> Is it like an SH one or what? It's uh, uh for, it's one of the, like the figure collection ones. So like, yeah, it's like it's really funny. It's from like the thing, the intro of Dragon Ball Z. You know, like where they all like are standing at the very end of nice. the intro. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> I used to have a wall scroll that had that 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 little photo of them. I love that picture. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Goku Tien, Chao Tzu, and Master Roshi arrive at the village where Yurin confronts them. Yurin explains that she's a former classmate of Tien's during his time at the Crane School and that she swore revenge on him after he left the school and refused to fight her. So, okay, she was part of the Crane School. Oh, you know what? We just talked so much about how thick Tien is. Oh my god. Uh, meanwhile, Kaba sways Kalifla into joining Universe 6's team by promising to teach her how to become a Super Saiyan. So, it's really only worth that one sentence to very quick scene but we do see the recruitment of kaba in universe six a little bit further and renzo you know straight up says hey i've got a bum leg these days kaba you should really go recruit my sister and he tries mm -hmm. to sway her instead of this 10 million zenny carrot that goku dangles over everybody's head he's gonna make everybody a super saiyan right yeah like i know 
some people were complaining about how easy it is to be Super Saiyan now. Like, I, a lot of people have said that. Uh, the tingle in the back feeling. Yeah, people yes. hated that. <laughs> Which I understand. I, I understand why, because it's kind of like silly. But <laughs> until, I, until I read more about it, I was initially pretty upset about it. And then, you know, the understanding of like whatever the fuck Toriyama was thinking and his explanation of it and like the releasing of energy. And uh, I don't know. I read really one good explanation about it. And I was like, okay when this is the thought applied to it and i guess for the listener i'm sorry that i just gave it like a vague um wrap up like that if i can find it i'll let you guys know but um i remember the one explanation i was okay with it but initially watching it and how easily it just tingles and boom super saiyan they go through no real loss or like no real triggering moment to have that transformation happen it's just so cheapened yeah i mean that's what that's what a lot of people were saying it's like uh, that's so lame like but then again like I feel like turning Super Saiyan was already a thing that was starting to be really easy. You know what I mean? Like, especially when like Goten and Trunks, you know, when they turn Super Saiyan, like, like nothing. Nailed it. Yeah, exactly. To quote Vegeta, one of our co-host Brandon's favorite quotes is, oh, what is Super Saiyan become a child's play thing? Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Right. Uh, back on Earth, while Goku, Chatsu, and Sien cure the students of their brainwashing, Master Roshi battles Yurin, lowers his guard after catching a glimpse of Yurin's panties, which allows her to brainwash him. Here we go. The brainwashed Master Roshi quickly defeats Tien, but Goku intervenes because Goku's the goddamn man. While Chatsu temporarily disables Yurin, Goku subdues Master Roshi with a Kamehameha and cures him of the brainwashing. And that's like the other ultimate wrap-up on this episode is like have no real clear-cut plan as to how we're going to overcome this so what are we going to do we're going to kamehameha our way out of this shit. <laughs> that's the way to do it right just kamehameha like that's the problem yeah. solver <laughs> i've watched goku kamehameha dudes like straight into the sun <laughs> and like how willing he was to just shoot a crazy kamehameha at his teacher like one of his oldest friends like it, it was not lost on me for sure <laughs> and i i definitely think um they chose the name urine like on purpose like for sure She's just pissing all over the place, <laughs> pissing everybody off. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that's definitely meant to, to be her name for a reason. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, Tia, urine's just pissing Tien right <laughs> off by urinating. Tien <laughs> orders urine to apologize to everyone she hurt and offers her a place at his dojo. Chan decides to join the tournament of power because he believes that the 10 million zenny Goku promised him will repair the village. Boy, is Tien in for a fucking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, after hearing about the 10 million Zenny, Roshi decides uh, to quickly agree to join the Tournament of Power, even though nobody really asked him, but he did show off some really big muscles in this episode, so it would only make sense if he was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome when Roshi like gets into that bulky mode. Like It's so cool. Like. So, have you ever watched My Hero Academia at all? No, I haven't. Yeah, people are like, they tell me, like, oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, no. I'm, like, really bad with, like, keeping up with stuff. That's why I don't watch, like, any TV shows in general. Besides Dragon Ball, obviously. But anything else, I don't know why. Like, 
No, Dragon, Dragon Ball is like a part of who we are. So exactly. If we don't keep up with Dragon Ball, it's like we're not keeping up with ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I know. But the reason I ask is because uh, we do several different podcasts for our Patreon uh, audiences, and uh, one of them is well, we we do um, OG Dragon Ball, so like the first Dragon Ball series, and that's cool. Uh, we're up through like the first 12, 13 episodes now in terms of the ones that we recorded. We also do one from My Hero Academia. Uh, we recently did the episode where Master Roshi goes to Mount Frypan uh, to put out the fire there for Gyu Mao's castle mm -hmm. with the Kamehameha wave, as they Kamehameha. say. Kamehameha. <laughs> but I've he never does that. said it like that. He does that first. It feels weird. Like, don't ever say it like that. It feels kind of dirty. Like, <laughs> I have to go wash my hands. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, the so Master Roshi, you know, describes how to use the, the Kamehameha and, you know, all the latent energy in his body has to be stored up in one focal point and it's released all at the same time. And that sort of explains like his big muscle form before he releases the blast. And mm -hmm. it's reminds me it's sort of similar of All Might's quirk in My Hero Academia and All for One or excuse me, One for All. Um where he stores up you know this crazy smash power and that's how he maintains his muscle form all the time when he's in reality you know a weak little skeletor looking oh, that thing. sounds very similar so i kind of feel like my hero might have bor borrowed that for master roshi a little bit <laughs> oh yeah i wouldn't doubt it i mean so many things are influenced from dragon ball it's crazy so yeah. many anime great dragon ball is the grandfather of it all yeah of sh like shonen anime like really mm -hmm. <laughs> like um these kids need to be a pre and you know dragon ball is what it is i think that at the end of the day a lot of people forget that the target audience for you know new episodes of dragon ball super being made in japan is for 10 year old japanese typically boys i mean they've they've appealed to girls more for sure in the last you know few years but mm -hmm. it's a show written and made for 10 year old boys and the fact that it's able to be localized in a million different markets and be able to spread all over the world is you know, just more money on top for Toei, but... Oh, yeah. Like, I, it's crazy. Like, actually, in South America, it's so big. It's Dragon crazy. Ball's huge in South America. It's insane. Did you see some of the screening parties that were going on in, like, Mexico City? Yeah. For 131? It was incredible. I'm like, what the hell? I want to go to this. What the heck? Yeah, so did I. Like, I was... I, I've never been to Mexico before, but I was ready to fucking go get my passport paperwork filled out <laughs> because that looked like the fucking party to be at for sure. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, they're really, like, passionate. Like, it's insane. Like... Those are my people. I mean, I'm Portuguese, which, you know, isn't quite um, uh, Latin American, but, like, it's kind of close in terms of geography to Spain. Right, Exactly um i too am very like and if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis you'll know that every once in a while i get passionate and yell and want to run through a wall because i love dragon ball so much i feel like if i were to go to mexico city for an episode 131 review or excuse me a watch party it would be you know the best time of my life but it'd probably end up with me getting you know arrested too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like some of those um like the movie premieres like um what they just had one for Broly. Like I wish I could have gone to that, but like even that is amazing because you get to watch the the movie with like the voice actors and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. So like the actual voice actors were. Yeah, yeah. Because like I went to the one for Battle of Gods in L.A., but 
Um, I didn't go to the other ones, just Battle of Gods, but I got to watch it before anybody else with the voice actors there. It was so incredible. Like, that was cool. So I have to ask, did you like get invited to that screening or did you just pay a lot of money for it? No, I got invited. Ah, it must be so cool being cool, dude. It was so awesome. I mean, I don't know how you can, people were getting invited to the other ones. I feel like they were more private on it. I mean, definitely some content creators went, but I don't know if they got invited or they just went. I'm not sure about that. So for the Broly screening, you weren't invited to that one. That one was a little bit more close to the vest or... I think but i know a content creators did go but i think they just went you know what i mean they just went to the event they weren't yeah. like invited personally i don't know i'm not sure to be honest but i would have loved to go i just yeah i'm not too close from to california so yeah for sure um yeah, yeah i know Danny went. i don't know if i don't know who else went but i know maria went too all right cool that's miss dvz babe right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, I mean, the people were there, but it's probably just like, hey, <laughs> what's your audience look like in this uh, community? Are you going to be able to put out the good pub for us? And, you know, those guys have humongous audiences. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But um, but uh, you should get you should get some of the voice actors on your show. That'd be cool. <laughs> see if we can get Monica. Um, I might have shot her an email the other day. We'll oh, see. yeah, that's awesome. You should. You should try reaching out. I mean... Hey, if you ever need help on that, I might be able to hook you up. I'll try. <laughs> My God. Well, you and I will have to talk a little bit more about that off the air then. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say, uh, I know that you got to run because you got family in town. I appreciate you taking all this time with me today, Stephanie. Uh, guys, make sure you go check out her channel. Uh, you you know what? You give the handles out. Make sure people know where to go follow you and all that. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out my YouTube, it's SSJ, Goshen 4 with the J. And uh instagram is without the j so ss goshen 4 facebook you can just look up ss goshen 4 you'll find me twitter ss goshen 4 so only thing with the j is youtube <laughs> pretty much but um thank uh, you for having me on the show like honestly it was a lot of fun to like just talk about like you know random stuff because we went we definitely went to like different topics but i enjoyed it i really loved it there was a i feel like you and i could probably sit around and talk about dragon ball for hours um i know i so. know i could i could like hey if you want to have like a five hour one i'll be happy to do that 100 <laughs> to do that i'm all about it but i would definitely love to have you back on the show in the future um maybe you and i can talk again maybe while you're i don't know if you, while you're either getting ready to head to kamehacon or maybe while you're at or just after kamehacon um Maybe you can be our inside person there if I'm not able to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like um, it's in April. So soon enough, it'll be here again. Pretty soon. But hopefully I'll be able to be there in person and we can hang out and uh, we can say what's up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Be great. All right. Well, Stephanie, I appreciate it so much. Uh, we will talk with you soon. And uh, yeah, soup it up. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Cool. Um, yeah, no problem. I'm probably going to rip this sound from YouTube tonight. Have an un, I mean, quote unquote, unedited version up on the Patreon. And then the real episode will drop on Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, send it to me. I'll put it on my, my YouTube as well. I'll share the link and everything. Yes. Thank yes. you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. I'll talk with you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.